We're going to continue now in our time of worship by opening up the Word of God. And today we're actually going to be concluding our summer series on the Psalms. It's been such an amazing journey during June and July here in our online uh, worship services and also through all of our social media channels to be engaging with the Psalms. It's been a time of rest and rejuvenation for myself and I'm sure for all of us as well. And it's just been such an incredible time. And we do this every single year where we go deeper into the Psalms where because it gives us that opportunity to go beyond just listening and responding to the Word of God like we do most Sundays. But instead, we have an opportunity to hear different voices from our church community and to also sharpen one another as a church family. We're continuing in the Psalms today, and we're going to be concluding this series. And I'm uh, going to just give us a bit of an overview of what we've learned these past uh, two months together in the Psalms. And at the end, I'm going to be reading and we'll take some time to reflect on Psalm 51, another very famous psalm in the scriptures, and we'll meditate on that. And one of my favorite forms of teaching is really what I like to call I do, you do, we do. And that's what we've been experiencing together in the psalms through the summer. Um, being able to just study the word of God and reflect on the scriptures. You can do this. You are called to go deep and to study the Word of God. And as we've seen throughout these past couple of months, you can do this. And God delights when we meditate and focus in and also take joy in His Word. We've taken this time to bless each other and to sharpen each other and build each other up. And each week we've had an opportunity to have a reflection from a folks in our community or through hearing a special song or a special poem. So we'll be doing that during this time together as well. And then we'll be concluding our message time by uh, sharing communion, by sharing the Lord's Supper together as a church family. The Psalms have the power to actually both uh, comfort us and to challenge us. The Psalms are able to really shape us as we connect with the heart and the mind of God. And that's part of the entire purpose of the scriptures. And so before we go any further, let's just pause and pray so that God would really shine a light and guide us during this time in his word. Let's pray. God Almighty, we just pray, Lord, that you would illumine us by the power of your word, Lord. Your word is a light unto our feet to guide us, Lord. Your word, Lord, has the power to teach, to restore, to redeem, to rebuke, and to make new, Lord. And I just pray, God, that you would speak to us in a new and special way this morning through your word. It's in the faithful name of Jesus Christ we pray. Amen. Amen. The Psalms are designed for a lifetime of reading and actually of slow reading. Psalms invite us to slow down in this hurried, fast-paced life, to slow down and reflect. 
these prayers are meant to become our own prayers as well. So as we read the scriptures, as we read the Psalms, we see our own story being reflected in these precious words. They are poems, they are prayers, they are praises for people just like you and me, for people learning to live by God's wisdom and to seek God's justice and to live in God's reality in this world, in this broken world, here and now. So the inspiration and the invitation that we get from the Psalms is that in those times when we have no words, in those seasons where we only have unanswered questions, tears, confusion, or frustration, we still have access to the heart of God in the Psalms. We still have access to the presence of God through prayer. We can pray and live the Psalms. When we don't know what to say, when we're speechless, the Psalms give us words for how to pray and enter in to God's presence. And before we hear just a few more reflections from folks in our church community, we're going to read a psalm together. Psalm 51, beginning at verse 1. And you could go ahead and follow along in your Bibles. And then we're going to take some time to just meditate and reflect on these um, and these timeless words in Psalm 51, beginning at verse 1. So you can open your Bible, or you could read up on the screen. Psalm 51, beginning at verse 1. Let's enter into God's presence. Have these words be your words, your prayers this morning. Psalm of David, beginning at verse 1. Have mercy on me, O God. According to your unfailing love, according to your great compassion, blot out my transgressions. Wash away all my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. For I know my transgressions and my sin is always before me. Against you, you only have I sinned and done what is evil in your sight. So you are right in your verdict and justified when you judge. Surely I was sinful at birth, sinful from the time my mother conceived me. Yet you desired faithfulness even in the womb. You taught me wisdom in that secret place. Cleanse me with hyssop and I will be clean. Wash me and I will be whiter than snow. Let me hear joy and gladness. Let the bones you have crushed rejoice. Hide your face from my sins and blot out all my iniquity. Create in me a pure heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Do not cast me from your presence or take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and grant me a willing spirit to sustain me. Create in me a pure heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Amen.
So right where you are in your journals or in your devices, wherever you take your notes, you can write down and respond to these questions as we take time to receive from different voices in our community, different reflections on the Psalms. You can ask yourself, how is this Psalm calling me to refocus my thinking? Refocus thinking is also repentance. How is this Psalm calling me to repentance, to change my direction? How does this psalm call me to renew my life? So we're going to just simply take the next several minutes resting on the psalms, reflecting on them. You can in your journal there at home. We're going to rest and reflect on the psalms as we hear a reflection and several reflections and a special song. The reflections today will be led by Jody Houseward, a wonderful teacher here in the community and has been a wonderful leader here at Imago Church for quite some time now. And uh, Beryl Arinda, who has just been a, a fantastic, um, active, um, just a, a active member and a wonderful part of our church body over the past uh, several months. We'll be praying for her as she prepares to make a transition into uh, her studies, her PhD studies at UC Merced. So please be praying for her. She'll still be connected through our uh, online community, but go ahead and uh, just be in touch, pray for her, and um, stay connected. Uh, but they will be leading our psalm reflections, and that will be followed by a special poem in the psalms. We see many poems that will be followed by a poem by Daniel Carballo, another wonderful brother in Christ that's been part of our Imago family from the very beginning. And he'll be leading a poem entitled Woman at the Well that's based on the gospel encounter of Jesus with the woman at the well. So let's go ahead and take time to simply receive and reflect on the Psalms. I wanted to share a little reflection um, on Psalm 121 this morning. Um, and before I get into my reflection, I was just thinking about the fact that um, we've had a variety of people who have shared over the course of the summer different reflections on different passages um, and just how encouraged I've been by the different reflections um, and just thinking if you asked a dozen different people to reflect on a dozen different passages. Um, you would get such a different perspective. Um, and I think it just speaks to the Word of God and the fact that it's alive and speaks to each one of us. Um, and so I just want to share my reflection on this passage, um, and hopefully it will be an encouragement to you. Um, but again, maybe there's something else that you take from the passage as well. So this is Psalm 121. I lift up my eyes to the hills. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. He will not let your foot slip. He who watches over you will not slumber. Indeed, he who watches over Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord watches over you. The Lord is your shade at your right hand. The sun will not harm you by day, nor the moon by night. The Lord will keep you from all harm. He will watch over your life. The Lord will watch over your coming and going both now and forevermore. Reading through this passage, uh, there are a couple of things that stick out to me. Um, 
And one thing is just, you know, in the first two verses, it talks about, I lift my eyes up to the hills. Um, or other translations say, I lift my eyes up to the mountains. Um, and so we just have this picture of the majesty and the power of God. Um, and then in verse two, it says, my help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. Um, so I think at the beginning of the chapter, we have this view of God as the creator of the universe, um, all powerful, um, who made all things and is in control of all things. Um, and then later on in the passage, um, kind of contrasted with that, uh, we have this idea that the Lord watches over us, um, that he will keep us from harm, that he watches our coming and going. Um, and so I'm just really encouraged by that reminder that even though we have this God who's so powerful, who created the universe, um, yet he cares for each one of us. He knows us individually. Um, and so that was encouraging for me. I hope that's encouraging for you. Uh, just this reminder that regardless of what we're going through um, individually, as well as as a community here at Imago, as well as our city, our nation, our world, um, God sees us, he hears us, um, and he is watching over each one of us. He cares for each one of us, even while at the same time he's in control of the universe, in control of all these big things. Um, and so it's just a comfort to know that we can trust in him, uh, that we know that he is with us, that he watches over us, um, and that he's always, always here. So um, again, I hope that's an encouragement to you. And now I'd like to pray. Heavenly Father, I just thank you for your word. I thank you for the encouragement that it is. I thank you, Lord, for inspiring the psalmist to write these words and for the fact that um, we can read them thousands of years later and still be comforted by them, encouraged by them, um, and challenged by them. I pray, Lord, that you would um, just remind us of your presence we thank you for the fact that you are in control of all things, um, that you created and rule the universe, and yet you care about each one of us individually. I just pray that regardless of um, how we're feeling today, whether we're feeling overwhelmed or anxious, um, whether we're feeling joyful or fearful, um, Lord, that we can come before you uh, with those emotions and that we know that you are here that you hear us, and that you love us. We love you, and we just pray that you would be blessed by us. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Good morning, Imago Church. Uh, my name is Beryl, and I'm excited to share with you a, a reflection on one of my favorite psalms. This psalm is from Psalm 136. I'm going to read for us from the King James, New King James Version. And here the title is Thanksgiving to God for His Enduring Mercy. So this psalm is 26 verses, but I'll only read from verses 1 to 9. And then I'll skip to verse 23 till 26. Thanksgiving to God for His Enduring Mercy. Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, for his mercy endures forever. Oh, give thanks to the God of gods, for his mercy endures forever.
Oh, give thanks to the Lord of Lords, for his mercy endures forever. To him who alone does great wonders, for his mercy endures forever. To him who by wisdom made the heavens, for his mercy endures forever. To him who laid out the earth above the waters, for his mercy endures forever. To him who made great lights, for his mercy endures forever. The sun to rule by day, for his mercy endures forever. The moon and stars to, to rule by night, for his mercy endures forever. Verse 23. Who remembered us in our lowly state, for his mercy endures forever, and rescued us from our enemies, for his mercy endures forever. Who gives food to all flesh, for his mercy endures forever. Oh, give thanks to the God of heaven, for his mercy endures forever. I love this psalm, especially because of that phase that you've had being repeated, for his mercy endures forever. This really speaks to me a lot. And in some versions, um, it will say, for his love endures forever. And this, um, the statements, these short statements that are made about who God is and what God has done, right? Uh, to him who laid out the earth above the waters, for his mercy endures forever. It's, for me, it always comes as a reminder that all these things, who God is, what God has done in our lives, has been done in his love, in his mercy, which endures forever. So I like to substitute statements that remind me of who God is or what God has done in my life and um, things for example for he has healed me for his love endures forever for his mercy endures forever for my friends and family for his mercy endures forever for provision every day for his mercy endures forever for he walks and stands beside me in uncertain times, for his mercy endures forever. So, or things in his word, right? For he is God and he is good, for his mercy endures forever. This reminds me that in uncertain times, in seasons that I don't know where or how they will end, or even in the good and joyful times, his mercy, his love endures forever because forever outlasts my circumstance, forever outlasts any season, right? And his love, his mercy will always be there. And so I'd like to encourage us all to remind ourselves that his mercy, his love endures forever. And I hope that this is encouraging to someone. And I hope that when things are exciting, when things are uncertain, like the season we're in, his mercy, his love will endure forever. His mercy, his love endures beyond any of these circumstances. So I hope you're encouraged by this. Thank you and have an awesome Sunday. She showed up to the well of ancestors. 
with the weight of past shackled to the ankles and wrists of her soul. She made her way down that familiar road like she had so many times before, accompanied by an empty water pot. They could have been twins. The way the void inside of her resembled it, she felt like the center of an indifferent universe, the way her neighbors orbited around her at a safe distance. Her most meaningful encounters had been like shooting stars, glamorous for a moment, then all of a sudden, gone. All the promises they made her were supernova. She was a chaotic galaxy. Her soul, a solar system without sun, her heart, and earth post logos longing for light to be spoken into her life. But there was yet to be the voice of the Genesis to say, let there be light. So she just let it be. Maybe this is just how life was supposed to be. Why try for the A when you can settle for the B? Maybe this is just who she was supposed to be. Second class citizen, half breed, her heart. Her heart had grown callous, accustomed, covered ears, cast convictions, called to the wind, along with the reason to look beyond her own flaws, her own lust. She abandoned joy and hope for the only life that she knew. This is what she knew, that a damaged and used water pot can never be made new. Again, she knew. She knew the way that led to that place that offered a tamer thirst for a moment but could never really satisfy. She knew that after a few days she would have to come back for more, but what else could she do? This is all she knew. Her heart could no longer tell the difference. Her water pot of her heart had drawn from so many wells like, like well-dressed philanthropists who impressed her till she became the next accessory in their collection or well-spoken educated dudes who seduced and caused Nicholas Sparks writing eloquent love letters into the notebook of her heart. The way that they strolled her into infatuation was a walk to remember. And how many eyes? How many eyes did she draw like Stan Lee? They marveled, fond of her thumbbow, side to side. She played them like a violin and what else could you expect? These contaminated waters had taken effect. Her heart had grown callous, accustomed. Covered ears, cast convictions, called to the wind, along with the reason to look beyond her own flaws, her own lust. She abandoned joy and hope for the only life that she knew. This is what she knew, that a damaged and used water pot can never be made new. Again, she knew. She knew being in her fifth relationship and not married was against the rules. She knew it was sinful. She knew of a God at one time her forefathers had one day spoken. She knew of a Messiah that would one day come, but what else could she do? Lust-filled, empty relationships is all she knew, and so she showed up to the well of ancestors with the weight of past shackled to the ankles and wrists of her soul. She made her way down that familiar road like she had so many times before, carrying an empty water pot of a heart. As she approached, she noticed a rock sitting by the well, and though she had seen so many like it before, this one was different. This one spoke to her and had the nerve to ask her for water. She figured she'd remind him how does things work around here. How is it? You, a Jew, ask me for water when Jews and Samaritans have nothing to do with each other, she demanded. Now, much else she was unsure, but one thing she knew. Rocks don't mix with pebbles. 
This rock of a man responded, if only you knew who it is that asks you for water. Now, we all know rocks don't talk. Rocks don't give water and rocks can't call out the sins of your past. But this man with Sinai stone tablet in the flesh with the word of God tatted to everything he said because he himself was the word. And after all her years of sinful service and slavery and wandering through wilderness, he produced water that seemed to satisfy her thirst almost instantly. And though he knew everything she had ever done, this rock didn't stone her but instead spoke to her. The same voice that spoke universe into existence reached out to redirect what inside of her for so long had been dead. Until now, all she'd known was Jacob's well, but what she needed was Israel's salvation. It's not till God comes, confronts, and wrestles with you, you experience transformation. She wasn't about to tap out, though. I perceive you're not ordinary, she said. You Jews say, Jerusalem is where we should worship, but my ancestors worshiped on this mountain. He said it was never about the mountains. Just like for you, it was never about the wells. What you wanted was water. What you were looking for was to be loved. But you worship on a mountain of blindness. Until now, you'll only know of God, but there's a time coming, and it is now where God will seek worshipers in truth and in spirit. Mere knowledge of God will not be enough. He wants your heart, so it's okay. Give me your water pot, and I'll give you a fountain of living water that will never be quenched. I know one day the Messiah will come and reveal God to us, she said. The one who is speaking to you, I am. So wonderful to be able to rest and reflect on the Psalms. The Psalms are prayers. And through this summer, we've had the opportunity to pray through a Psalm each day. I want to encourage you, especially during this time of pandemic, um, quarantine, self-isolation, distancing, all of that. Let's go ahead and continue to read a Psalm each day. A psalm to get us going, to begin the day, or to get us through the day, or to end the day with. You can pick it up at any point of the day that works best for you. Let's go ahead and pray as we conclude this time in the psalms and as we prepare for the Lord's Supper. Let's pray. God, we thank you so much for just the gift of being able to have access to you, Lord Almighty. And Lord, we thank you that your arm is not too short to save, but you're constantly inviting us in, Lord. And that's what this table is about. Would you prepare our hearts and minds, Lord, to be able to just take part in this meal, in your meal that you prepare, Lord. You're the head of the table, and you invite us, Lord, to take part, Lord, in this beautiful time of reflection, of prayer and praise, and of communion. 
It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We're going to take some time to prepare for the Lord's Supper, for communion. And you can do that right at home, right where you are. And this can be a time for you to be able to just simply center yourself. And after we've had an opportunity to just refocus our thinking and to center ourselves, I'll begin uh, in and I will guide us through our time in the Lord's Supper or in Holy Communion. And I'll be sharing some of the, the guidance in both English and Spanish because we have congregants whose Spanish is their heart language and we want everyone in our community to be able to take part in this meal, in the meal of Jesus that he invites us to have common union, communion with, that our unity would be in him. So let's go ahead and just take a couple of moments just to quiet our hearts. And then after a few moments, I will uh, lead us in the communion table. Amen. Beloved in the Lord Jesus Christ, the Holy Supper, which we are about to celebrate, is a feast of remembering, of communion, and of hope. Amados en el Señor Jesucristo, la Santa Cena que estamos por celebrar es una fiesta memorial de comunión y de esperanza. We come in remembering that our Lord Jesus Christ was sent of the Father into the world to assume our flesh and our blood and to fulfill for us all obedience to the divine law, even to the bitter and shameful death of the cross. Recordamos que el Padre envió al mundo a nuestro Señor Jesucristo para que tomara de nuestra carne y sangre y para que cumpliera por nosotros obediencia a la ley divina hasta el extremo de una amarga y vergonzosa muerte en la cruz. We come to have communion with this same Christ, with this same Lord, who has promised to be with us always, even to the end of the age. He will be with us no matter what. In the breaking of the bread, he makes himself known to us as the true heavenly bread that strengthens us unto eternal life. In the cup of blessing, he comes to us as the vine in whom we must abide if we are to bear fruit. Nos acercamos para tener comunión con el propio Cristo que, que nos ha prometido estar con nosotros por siempre hasta el fin del mundo. We come in hope to this table, believing that this bread and this cup that they are a pledge and they are a foretaste. They are actually um, giving us a foretaste of that feast of love of which we shall partake when his kingdom has fully come. 
when with unveiled face we will stand, behold him, and we will see him face to face, and we will be made like unto him in, into his glory. Or finally, our identity will be in the image of God and our purpose in the image of Christ. We will be made like him. Let's pray together. God, would you send your Holy Spirit upon us this morning? We pray that this bread which we break and this cup which we bless, that it may be to us the communion of the body and the blood of Christ. Grant, O Lord, that being joined together in him, we may attain the unity of the faith and grow up into all things into Christ Jesus, our Lord. And just as this grain has been gathered from many fields into one loaf, and, the, and Lord, just as the, these, the, the, these grapes have been gathered from many fields into one cup, grant, O Lord, that your church, us, Lord, your people, that we may soon be gathered from the ends of the earth into your kingdom. Even so, come, Lord Jesus. Amen. The Lord Jesus Christ, on the night that he was betrayed, he actually took the bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it. And he gave it to them, saying, Take, eat, this is my body, which is broken for you. Do this as often as you eat it in remembrance of me. El Señor Jesucristo, la misma noche que fue entregado, tomó el pan y dando gracias, lo partió y se lo dio a sus discípulos diciendo, Tomen, coman. Este es mi cuerpo, que por ustedes es partido. Hagan esto en memoria de mí. And after the same manner, he also, our Lord Jesus, he also took the cup. Once they had drank of it, when they had supped, and he said, This cup is the New Testament in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. The cup of our Lord Jesus Christ. Después de la misma, en la misma manera, también tomó la copa diciendo esta copa es el nuevo pacto en mi sangre hagan esto cada vez que tomen de ella en memoria de mí do this as often as you remember it in remembrance of me let's pray holy spirit we thank you for bringing us together oh lord and we pray, O oh God, that this cup and this bread may represent, O oh Lord, your real presence with us here and now.
even amidst the unknown, amidst the chaos, you are here with us, O Lord. We pray and we confess, Lord, all that we have done. And we pray and we confess, Lord, what we've left undone. Those thoughts and actions, Lord, you know exactly what they are. We confess them before you this morning. And we thank you, God, for the gift of your precious table, of being able to share unity and communion with you and with each other, O oh God. Thank you, Lord, for your hospitality. Thank you for this feast and for this meal that you prepare and you invite us to take part in it. Thank you for your presence, O oh Jesus. It's in your name we pray. Amen. The Apostle Paul in the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 28 says, Let a person examine himself or herself. Then and so eat of the bread and drink of the cup. This is a time for everyone. So it's a time of rest, reflection, and receiving as well. This meal is a meal prepared by Jesus for the people of Jesus. For all confessing and baptized believers, this meal is for you. If you've placed your faith and your trust in Jesus Christ as your Lord, as your Savior, this meal is for you. But this time is also for everyone. If you haven't yet taken those steps in faith, this time is also for you. You can take this time to pray, to ask Jesus to be your Lord, to be your Savior. Say, Lord, I trust in you more than I trust in myself or in anything or anyone else. Lord, be my Savior, be my God today. This time is for each and every one of us. And if you have elements at home, we're going to be taking part together in the breaking of the bread and in the drinking of the cup. And this will be an opportunity to take part in this wonderful feast, the feast of God for the people of God. But if you don't have elements at home, you can just simply receive during this time and you can pray. You can have your, your hands uh, just open to receive or you can bow your head and pray. So this time is for everyone. This is the feast of God for the people of God. And usually we have elders and leaders serve of the elements, but we're just going ahead and to do that. Um, uh, I'll guide us in that from here and you can do that at home and you can serve one another with the bread that you have and with the cup that you have together. So together as one body, we're going to take of the bread and of the cup and we will share in this meal together. First of the bread. Friends, brothers, sisters, this is the body of Christ broken for you because he loves you. Let's take and eat as one body. family of God. This is the blood of Christ shed for you. 
because he loves you. Let's take and eat in communion as one family. Let's pray together. We praise and thank you, O Lord, that you have fed us at your table. We're grateful for your gifts and we are mindful of this communion, of this common union, this unity that you have called us to as members of your family, as brothers and sisters united in Jesus Christ. We offer to you our prayers for all people. Lord God, you are the God of compassion and we, rem we come before you, Lord, and we pray and we intercede, God, for the poor and the afflicted, for the sick and the dying, for the prisoners, and all who are lonely and isolated, especially during this time, for the victims of injustice and for all those who suffer, O oh God. And thank you, Lord, that this eternal sign, this sacrament, Lord, that you give to us through the Lord's Supper, through Holy Communion, Lord, that it reminds us and points to the hope that we have in Jesus, for the hope that we have in the gospel through communion, Lord, as we're reminded in Ephesians 1.10, to bring unity to all things in heaven and on earth under Christ. Thank you, Lord, that all things will be brought together in Christ. Amen.